Hey guys, this is your host, John Palmieri. And I'm your host, Ahmed Shada. And we're back with another episode of Black Box Podcast. This episode is going to be interesting. We'll be discussing the coronavirus, aka COVID-19, and basically just give you guys a year in review from multiple different perspectives. Yeah, so let's get some of the uh, facts and like figures just out of the way from the start. So globally, uh, there have been 124 million cases in the, what, nearly 15 months since COVID really started. Um, I guess the last 12 months in particular were the most devastating. But uh, with those 124 million cases, there were 2.73 million global deaths. And then here in the U.S., uh, we're the highest in the world, so we're the best in the world of something. We have 30 million cases and 543,000 deaths, which is fucking insane. But I feel like it's such a big number that it's hard to fathom. Yeah. Exactly think about it. Yep. And I was actually looking at a graph of like the cases, like a rolling average of the daily cases. And the spike right after the holidays was insane. Like it was pretty, it was like October and November was like average considering like we're in a global pandemic. And then end of December into January, it was just flying. And ever since then, it's been declining. So people are finally figuring out how to do things correctly. I mean, I know, um, my local like vaccine point or whatever it's called, they uh, they just posted about hitting a hundred and a hundred thousand doses of the vaccine administered just in one center, which I think is awesome. That's pretty good. I, <clears throat> hopefully, we just continue to put them out at a good rate and start to move behind this, but uh. I think we're both pretty excited to reflect on the past year because there's a lot of crazy stuff that's gone on, uh, not only with the virus, but, you know, the changes that it's forced on all of our lives. Um, these changes came in the work environment, family, mental health, government, and many more. This year posed us with many challenges, and I think uh, in more ways than one, we all found uh, improvement in our lives. I think I speak for myself on that. What about you? Yeah, no, I think, I think I like, it's hard to say that like my life is better now than it was last year. Like, I, I do think that is a case for me, but I don't think that's case for everyone. Like we're, we were lucky that like we didn't have to lose our jobs or like, I mean, I, I'm current, I currently have the coronavirus and I've been in isolation for nine days, which I'll talk about later, but, um, I had very mild symptoms and I, I don't know. I think, I think we were pretty lucky, but I think we were just able to adapt to like the changing environment around us. Yeah, no, I, I definitely think we had a pretty lucky just given our situations and being able to keep our jobs and all that stuff. So we're blessed in that way, but I think as a whole, I mean, whether our day-to-day lives got easier, I think we improved in the way that we approach things, which we can get into later. But before we get into the main section, I think just based on the facts that we said before, we should take a quick moment of silence for all the lives that were lost unnecessarily due to the coronavirus.
All right. So I said I was going to talk about my uh, experience with the coronavirus and how I even got it or caught it or whatever the right terminology is. So basically, I would say I've been pretty responsible with uh, maintaining like proper like mask wear and social distancing and like all of the protocol that you should follow when you're in public I fully follow it and even when I saw my friends for like months before we all saw each other we would all get tested and make sure we were okay and just like try to limit the spread like as much as possible and then it was one of our friends birthdays and we had to go to brunch obviously it was an obligatory brunch and uh, one of our friends couldn't make it to the brunch, but then he came over afterwards and he stayed at my place that night just because he's from Connecticut. So, you know, he came straight from work and he was like, once he came, like everyone was happy to see him. We were all chilling. It was a great time. Great night. We get back to my place. It's like four o'clock in the morning. We watch like an episode of like some show he's watching on Netflix, go to sleep, wake up. And then a few hours into the next day, he starts feeling like shitty. And he's like, yo, I'm so achy right now. And I was like, oh shit. Like you probably hung, like hung over it. He was like, nah, I didn't even drink last night. And I was like, well, maybe, uh, I don't know. Then I don't know what it is. And then we kind of just ignored it. Keep in mind, I slept in the same bed as this man. And we had been sitting next to each other for like hours at this point. And then like he starts to feel like a little feverish and we we're like, oh, shit. And this man, like, all right, his name is Kyle. I'm just going to stop saying this man. Kyle's also a diabetic. So his blood sugar was all over the place. We thought maybe that had to do with like the way he was feeling. And then. We we're like, all right, we need to go to CVS, buy him a thermometer. Just I didn't have one. And his temperature was like 100. And we're like, oh, oh, like, that's not good. He checked a few minutes later. It was like it creeped up like another 0.2 degrees. And we're like, well, shit, this is not good at all. So then he called his mom. Uh, his mom is like likes to check in with him just because of his diabetes. And uh, I like heard her like screaming and like actually like pretty afraid uh and i like he wasn't on speaker or anything so i was like all right kyle we need to go get tested we go to a city md near us we get tested his test comes back positive and i'm like well shit i should probably go get tested <laughs> didn't even think about the fact that like the rapid isn't going to show me my results if i'm not like if i just caught it so my rapid came back negative and i was like well, this is still bad because I probably have it. Uh, so then, all right, I know I've, I've been kind of droning, but this is where the story gets a little bit interesting. So that was last, that was two weekends ago. Uh, I went and got tested that Sunday. And then I was like, you know what, I'll wait until Wednesday. And then I'll do a rapid. And if the rapid comes out negative, then I'll also do a PCR and we'll find out if I caught it. My rapid came back negative. My PCR took forever. So I was like, all right, I guess I'm stuck in isolation for a little while. 
well, then I go in again on Friday to get a rapid because I was supposed to spend this week with my girlfriend because she's back for spring break and the test comes back positive. And I was like, well, fuck, that fucking sucks. Uh, How were your symptoms? So I had a runny nose. Uh, I actually, I also got vaccinated. I got the first dose of the Pfizer vaccine that Tuesday. So two days after I saw him and I had the appointment already. So I, I wore two masks. I stayed far away from everyone. And, uh, I, I, I was making sure not to like touch anything, but, uh, I, I don't even think I was contagious, contagious just yet. I just wanted to be extra careful, but the day that I got the vaccine, I felt like shit. And I was like, all right, that's probably the vaccine. just like putting in work on my body right now. My arm was completely dead. And usually like when I get sick, I'm like, I, I, I usually just manage and continue, but my arm was so dead. Like I was like working from my bed and I was like, yeah, this is where I'm going to stay today. And then ever since then, I just had, a slight cough and like my nose was stuffy or runny depending on the day. I never lost my smell, taste. I never had a fever and I felt fine. And now I feel completely fine. My my nose is a li- like I'm a little congested. It might like come through on the recording, but yeah, I have coronavirus and it fucking sucks. And I was so bored this past week doing nothing. So the only positive I could think of, of catching the coronavirus and like the isolation that I was in after that was, um, starting this past Monday, I was supposed to start taking biweekly COVID tests for work. So my job is hybrid. Like I, I work from home most of the time, but I also go into the office like twice a week on average and these were spit tests where they mailed us a bunch of uh, test kits and we would have to spit into a tube in a, like in a zoom room with like an associate from the company that administers these tests. And they would watch us spit in the tube. We drop it off at a UPS drop box, which was already a slight inconvenience, but not the end of the world. And then we'd get our results back in 48 hours, which The principle of it, I completely support. It's a great effort to try and limit the spread in the office besides like all the protocol that we have already. But now for three months, because I got, because I tested positive, I don't have to spit in a tube on Zoom in front of a person. So I guess that's a positive. So John uh, is going to talk about how like his life changed and the crazy shit that he was that was going on with him like leading into the start of corona okay cool uh yeah so basically the second day of january 2020 so beginning of the new year i got diagnosed with crohn's disease and for those who don't know what that is it's an autoimmune disorder where my intestines basically like my small intestine for me uh basically just attacks itself I don't know, it gets really inflamed and like, we don't have to get into it too much just in case anyone's eating while they're listening to this. But <laughs> um, yeah, so then after I got diagnosed, things were 
things were fine for a little while, but then I remember I took a trip in the beginning of February and I guess I ate some things while I was there that triggered a really bad flare up, which basically means from the moment I went, I woke up until the moment I went to bed, I was in pain. So that persisted until, uh, probably the, till the second week of March. So the moment I started to feel better and I thought, you know what, I'll get, I'll be able to enjoy the rest of my senior year of college. Things are looking up. Like this is kind of behind me. The week after that is when we go into lockdown and all this shit happens with COVID. So basically get diagnosed with an autoimmune disorder, get absolutely fucked by it for like six weeks. Then I have to move out of my house, move back home with my parents. And I don't get to enjoy the, you know, last hurrah of the four years of Stony Brook after getting just repeatedly fucked from them. Mm -hmm. Uh, This was also a couple weeks after I accepted a full-time offer in my job. So I was getting ready to, you know, transition into that. So obviously that was a great thing to happen. So I'm not trying to speak negatively on that, but it was trying to get rowdy. I was was ready to get litty, but it was just a bunch of transitions all at once on top of the fact that normally people our age would be getting ready and accepting the fact that they're done with school and having to move on and get used to not seeing their friends all the time, which I, for people that I've spoken to that, graduated before the pandemic, that's a big enough transition in itself. So I think it was just a lot of shit that was going on. But uh, then I moved back home with my parents and my sister. Uh, We were all in lockdown together. Prior to this, my family's really close, but you know, we weren't stuck in a house together all the time. And after two months, when when June came around, I moved back out. And that's when I, uh, I moved back down closer to my job because then I started going back into the office. But looking back, like in the moment, I was super excited to get back on my own just because that's, I felt comfortable at that point. But now looking back, I definitely am glad I had those, uh, you know, two months to live with my parents and my sister again, because I'll probably never get that chance for the rest of my life. Just considering that I moved out now, I have a full-time job, all that shit. But yeah, it was it was good to be able to sit down, watch my graduation with them. Which obviously, I wanted to be in person, but if it was in person, I wouldn't have even really seen them that much because I would have been out what on, in the football field with all my friends getting drunk and shit. Yeah, which would have been fun, but it definitely didn't mean as much as being able to sit there with my family and you know look back and all the four years were worth it. Basically, the whole point of me saying all this story is just to kind of segue into the next topic which is mental health and when your life is thrown upside down automatic like out of nowhere with no control you you don't have any control over the situation it definitely uh takes a toll on you and there was i remember prior to that even though i had all this shit going on with the crones i was still like really optimistic feeling really good about things like happy about life and then uh when everything gets screwed over i definitely became way more anxious and depressed and I haven't hadn't felt that way in a long time. So uh I guess we're going to talk about that a little bit more. Real quick, um before we start talking about like the mental health, like I'm just thinking back to like when everything started going down. And I remember I I actually I was in Boston, like I went on a trip with Luna 
like right before this shit happened. And while I was there, my dad was like, yo, they're going to close the state borders. Like you have to come back right now. And I was like, relax. Like this shit, like nothing is actually happening. We'll be fine. And I, I don't know. Maybe I was just oblivious to like everything. And just because like a year ago, I didn't, I didn't look at the news anywhere near as much as I try to now. But I was like, yeah, like, this is probably going to, like, suck. But I don't think anyone really, like, saw it, like, saw things or imagined that things would play out the way that they actually did. Where it was going to, like, permanently change uh, some people's lives. Like, I, I've, I've already heard things about other companies where, like, it's like, yeah, we're going to do remote work like permanently now or hybrid work. It's like, I think that's what my job is going to do. Yeah. Like there, there are a bunch of advantages to hybrid work. Like I'm actually, I'm doing a presentation about like the, like work from home, hybrid work type of thing for one of my classes. And, uh, I read a few articles about how work from home is actually good for gender equality just because now like women who are pregnant or have just had a baby and like typically when you're on maternity leave uh like it is like illegal to treat a woman differently in terms of promotions but it and, still happens yeah like it happens all the time but now like a woman could be like a superstar mom and work and like a dad could also be like a superstar dad at home and work so there are definitely advantages to it like i definitely miss seeing people all the like every day at work but there are so many advantages to working from home like if you're feeling lazy one day like yeah you could like get the work that you need to get done done like i i don't have a very meeting heavy job so like i could have like an hour or it's like you know what it's not lunchtime, but I'm going to cook and I'm going to eat right now because that's what I want to do. And everything else that I need to do today can wait until later today to get done. But yeah. Like when I'm at work, I can't just pull up to a kitchen and start like cooking like eggs. Like, that's, yeah, no, like, no. It definitely gave people the freedom that like if you're getting what you need to get done done for your job, no one's really going to heckle you otherwise. But in... Mm-hmm when you were in the office, people knew when you come in or when you came in, when you left, when you took lunch, you know? Yeah, I think, I think, so this is something that I do, but I don't know if everyone does it. So for some reason, we still use Skype. We still have Skype for business. Like my team is trying, is transitioning to a hundred percent teams, but right now we have both of them. and. Skype gives your status of either a green, like you're active or you're yellow. It's where it's like away from like, you're just away or there's like offline. And if you don't touch, if you don't do anything for a few minutes, it goes to away. So even when I'm just fucking around, I'll just go and move my mouse like every like couple of minutes to make sure that it's not away. So people aren't like, why is this man just taking like a 45 minute break in the middle of the day? Well, yeah, mine does the same thing too, but I just stopped giving a shit <laughs> to be honest. I honestly, I really don't think my manager would care. Like no I told him that I told him I had Corona and 
it, there was no questions about like my its implications on my work. He was like, "How are you feeling?" and like, "Let let me know if like we if we need to coordinate to have anyone do anything for you in the office while you're in isolation." Like, my manager is also like a fucking beast. So sounds like a beast. Great man, like great individual, and he's he's kind of like a second dad. Like he just turned fifty last year, so. I don't know. I, I like him a lot. No, I feel that with my boss too. He's a he's a dope boy, and he's a pretty similar to me, like Italian dude also. But uh, the thing that I want to say before I forget, when you were saying I don't think anyone saw this coming, I don't want to say I saw it coming. But if you know, if anyone here that's listening knows Ben Baller, he's like a famous jeweler, lives in California. He he has a podcast, and basically, he, um, I don't know if it was uh family or uh like friends but people he knew were in china and they knew obviously the coronavirus was around before it made it to the u.s and around january beginning of february he started to talk about the coronavirus and he said it's coming to the u.s and you need to be ready and i was like i mean nah it's just not coming like it's a joke right yeah and then i as the weeks went on and it got closer i heard him like getting more serious so basically i heard this guy talk about it and i didn't say anything because i thought it was bullshit and now i feel stupid about it yeah i do you remember when the like when the like city of wuhan was like like mentioned every 10 seconds on the news where it's like yo like the wuhan is like literally like a wasteland right now like they're getting destroyed by this virus and like everyone probably in the like not everyone there are definitely some much smarter individuals than both of us that completely saw this coming but i was just like damn that fucking sucks like good thing that's not happening here and then it comes here and we get destroyed like china has what five times our population and we have so many more cases than china which is insane and like master master trying to control us you know that right no, but you'll you'll have like those like the Trump boys going like, yo, like if we do more tests, we're obviously gonna have more cases. Which like I guess like mathematically, yeah, that's true. No but, shit, but like is that really that's a trivial comment? I mean, that's just a comment to deflect it's the just, facts. It's of the so, fact we fucking we responded to this so horribly. There's accounts like we knew it was in the we knew it was around and we knew the threat that it posed and we chose to do nothing because we were afraid about the economy and then the economy got way more fucked anyway yeah yep i like i'm not gonna say i'm perfect like i remember like march of last year when it like first first started i was home with my parents my cousins were home with their parents and we were like you know what we're not seeing anyone else we might as well chill every single day which we did with like basically no consequences. Like maybe it wasn't right to do, but we did it. We would like drink or chill just every day. And then we'd go to Seven Eleven, And this was like before you could buy a mask from like literally anywhere in the world. And of course, someone would always forget a mask. And then they would just lift their shirt up their nose. Like looking back, like that was really stupid. but. Like it was like it was something where once like once it was just recognized, like two weeks in everyone, like at least reasonable people were like, you know what? Wearing a mask makes a lot of sense. Like we could end like theoretically end this in less than a month if everyone just wore a mask. 
And then you had you had people like six months later that were like, yeah, like I can't wear a mask. Like, like I cannot be. I mean, there's still people not trying to not wear masks. So I don't, I don't fucking know. I mean, that's I can't even get into that. I don't really have any words. It's just pure like they're like, oh my god, I don't even know what was that thing that Ziad sent in the chat the other or today or yesterday. And it was basically someone made a super long post about how. Oh, oh, it was like it was that dude that was just like, "You guys are like sheep for letting the comp like the fucking government tell you what to do." I think it was. It might have been about the vaccine or about yeah, something. Well, it was also saying how, uh, how dare you believe that the government has your best interests? Like, as if the government oh, doesn't yeah, exist yeah, for that yeah. reason. Like, we know that the government's corrupt as fuck. We we all know that. But I also yeah. believe that uh, they want some citizens to be around to pull the wealth out of. Exactly. <laughs> and then and then the dude contradicted himself because he's like, you guys are all sheep for listening to government. And then he was like, I don't understand why people can't just listen to authority and basically obey cops. And it's just like, do you understand like how stupid you look on the Internet? I'm going to be honest with you. When I read that, all my brain was processing was dick sucking noises. <laughs> That's all I heard. I only heard, I only heard gluck gluck. You know what, John, yeah. I, I interrupted you like 10 minutes ago, but I'm going to let you lead the conversation about mental health. Like I, I don't, I'm actually not very educated on mental health at all. And I think you have a lot more to say than I would. So yeah. go ahead. Yeah. So, I mean, since uh, I'd say, sophomore year yeah sophomore year i started to become no i'd say freshman year freshman year of college so five years ago now or four years ago i started to become pretty self-aware that i had anxiety so just since then the past four years have been a journey of just understanding what it is what's mental health certain coping mechanisms healthy habits all that kind of stuff so I'm I'm not a pro by any means, but I feel like I'm pretty well versed just from my own experiences. But that it's also a case by case basis. Everyone deals with their shit differently. But the quarantine itself at first was really hard. And I feel like it was really hard for a lot of people because it was the first time in our lives that we had, we were forced to be alone with our thoughts. And for me, that was hard because I'm someone who I'm running around all the time. I like to be busy. I don't like to have to sit still and think. Same. But as much as the beginning sucked, I feel like I owe that initial hard quarantine period to the reason I've made all the improvements in my life that I have now because it forced me to like internally battle with all my demons. Excuse me. But and when I say demons, I mean, you know, my insecurities, the things that I would constantly, you know, make excuses for bad habits, etc., and I feel like because I had all that time to myself, I was able to uncover the real reasons for why those things are the were the way they were instead of just quickly passing them off or making an excuse or something. And yeah, now I feel like I'm just a lot more at peace and have a better view of life, a positive outlook. And when, uh, yeah, just learning healthy coping mechanisms. That's a good way to put it. That's great. But uh, yeah, do you want to say anything on that or? Yeah, you know, I, I am realizing this now, like my, my whole life growing up, I always hated being by myself. Like I, I was a type of person where 
I always wanted to be with other people, um, whether it's friends or family. Like my brother and I shared a room for most of our childhood. Um, so we were like always together. Like most of the time we were beating the shit out of each other, but like we were still together. Like we were boys, but we didn't know it type of thing. Just sibling rivalry. Exactly. But like ever since like the coronavirus like forced me to like be alone um like yeah i was home with my family but i I did spend a decent amount of that time just like by myself and i've become like so much more comfortable and even started to appreciate like a little bit of alone time which i i never understood before like i remember like because like luna likes like luna has always enjoyed like having her alone time and I never understood that up until now. Like I, I live by myself now. And like, I think I was telling you this earlier this week, like I truly thought I would despise hating living by myself. And it's really not, not bad. Like I, there are so many positives to it. Like, of course I would love to live with my friends, like because of like my situation, like that's not possible. Like I'm all right. So I'm like a very, I'm very fortunate and uh, like I'm living rent free, but not with my parents, which is just like a special case that I feel like most people would, would dream for. But uh, yeah, like I, I don't know. I, I, I'm just like more comfortable being by myself. I, I don't know with what that means in terms of my mental health. I definitely think I have like more good habits. Like I always try to keep my place clean. Whereas like when I was home, I wouldn't do shit. Like my, like, like Egyptian people, like it's just like a running thing in our culture where our, like my mom babied me so much that up until recently, I was completely useless at anything that wasn't school. Like my mom did everything for me, like cooking, I never, like, I'd never, like, if I wanted to cook, I could cook, like, but I was never expected to cook. I was never expected to take out the trash, like, something that was, like, taking out the trash was some shit I saw on Disney Channel every day when I was a kid, and I, I had never done it. Like, yeah, sometimes I would get the mail, like, oh, shoveling the driveway, that, that was, that was my job, but that was, like, a few times a year. The majority of the year, I was really not contributing much like I barely even made my own bed and now like if I don't make my bed in the morning if I I'll I'll look at it and I'll be like wow I'm actually a failure and then I have to do it and then it makes me feel good it's like I feel like isn't isn't the reason that or this is the way that you explained it to me I think it was you explained to me but uh it's like your parents do that so you can only focus on the thing that's most important at, at that point in time, which is your education. So then you could set yourself up for a good career. And now that you're, you're past that point. Now you're taking on more responsibilities. Yeah. Yeah. Like, uh, when I was in high school, I wanted to get a job so badly just cause I wanted some money. And my dad was like, you're not allowed to get a job. And I was like, why? And I was like, why? And he was like, you have to study for the SATs. I was like, I don't want to study for the SATs or I'll do that and work. Like it's, it's possible. My dad's like, no, you have to focus. And 
my dad always tells me is like your parents will tell you some things then a few years down the line you'll understand everything and like yeah that that's true for some things but i really don't think that was the case with me getting a job in high school like high school was yeah it was challenging to an extent was it like, yeah was it really though i feel like high school was a joke compared to college at least yeah and you and i i worked through most of college like i worked on campus and my job wasn't that intense like until i i I mean, I was a lead of the uh, fabrication team at Stony Brook University. I create, so hit me up if you uh, <laughs> if you want to know about my experiences. But yeah, I mean, it wasn't that difficult. I, I managed that with like a ridiculous schedule, basically every semester, where I was just getting abused by professors, uh, and. It was fine. Like I, I graduated with a GPA that I'm like very happy with. Just say it, please say it. Uh, it was a three nine four. I Jesus. Think. Yeah. My guy killed. <laughs> and what was your major? I did chemical engineering and applied math. So Double two majors, baby. Two majors that are both extremely difficult and a three point nine four. Right or three point nine five? Did I just fuck that up? No, I think I think it was a three point. Either way, that's some genius shit. I did one, and my GPA was not really even close to that. Uh, I don't know, man. Uh, when I was thirteen, fourteen, I I wasn't even thinking about a job at that point. But I was like a freshman in high school. Mm-hmm. Yeah, freshman year going to sophomore year of of high school. I was like, oh, I'm just, I'm probably going to go to basketball camp. Like I've been doing like my entire life up until mm-hmm. that point. My dad's like, hey, bro, like you're getting a job this year. <laughs> <laughs> and I was doing landscaping for like five years, which sucked. But I mean, it, I guess it taught me some good lessons, you know, work for your money yeah. and the value of a dollar and shit. But one thing before we move to the next section, I just wanted to talk about, which ties everything. Uh, it doesn't really tie everything together, but just a good point that I think a lot of people can relate to. Um, you know, just the stuff about the mental health and the being able to actually think out certain issues and insecurities and figure out real solutions. I feel like because of all of that, it like cleared my vision of things and allowed me to more easily and effectively prioritize what's important in my life. I feel like before all of this happened, I was one of those people that was like, all right, grind like 17 hours a day. I'm getting like seven hours. Like, you know, I was basically like that. I was only about work and school at first. Yeah. And I didn't put my health first. I didn't see family and friends as much as I would like. And it was slowly eating away at my mental health, whether I wanted to admit that or not. I feel like I didn't learn that lesson until it was too late in a way. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, I just wanted to share this this quick story. So in uh, October, one of my family members passed away suddenly. And uh, being the person that I was, like, this was all an ongoing process. Like changes were being made, things were happening. But this specific lesson I learned around October when this happened because a couple weeks before that, everyone in my family went out to dinner and they're like 45 minutes half an hour, 45 minutes upstate, upstate New York. 
And uh, they all asked me around 4.30 when I was getting ready to get off work or what I a normal work time would have, work day would have ended. And they were like, you know what? Why don't you just leave work a little early and come meet us for dinner? We're all going to get together for someone in the family's birthday. It was my grandpa's birthday. But me being the fucking idiot that I am, I chose to work late when I didn't really need to work late at all. There was nothing pressing for me to get done. But Mm -hmm. the mindset that we all really had in college and that I carried over was school and work is first and that everyone should understand that that's a valid excuse to not go to things, which most people accept that it is. But I didn't realize that that was going to be the last time that I was actually going to see him. So once all of that happened and I made that mental realization probably like a week after everything went down, I was since that day, I literally have not put work or school first. It's been one of the last priorities and family, friends and doing things that I want to do, making time for my hobbies and my mental health has come first ever since then. And I have been so much happier since I made that decision. And it's not, and it's not like that affected my success at work. I had my yearly review for my job and I still exceeded all the expectations. So I feel like people need to understand that this concept of you needing to grind all the time doesn't actually pay off that much more than it would if you were healthy. Because if you're practicing healthy habits all the time and your mental state is positive, when you're sitting down to do work, you're going to get your work done efficiently. People that say they're grinding 20 hours a day, like they're really not because their brain is not functioning at a full capacity. At least that's my view on it. Obviously, I'm not 100% right, but without getting no, too, without no, getting too that's, that's too sad true. and deep like i'd say nine like like yeah there are exceptions to everything but most human beings myself included can't sit down for like 10 hours and just work at 100% efficiency the whole time it's more that people are just like they think that if they're always telling people they're grinding and always at least like sitting down at the desk or whatever then they're like killing it when in reality, yeah. it's all about effective, like what's your opportunity cost here? If you're going to sit around and you're going to get five minutes of work done in an hour, was it really worth it to say you grinded another hour? Or? Yeah. Do you, do you think that like work-life balance and like everything that you were just talking about would be improved or like hurt by like work from home and Corona and everything? Oh, I feel like it's definitely improved. Um, I feel like there are cases, yeah, where it could be negative. And I feel like at first it was a little hard to adapt to because if you still have that pressure of needing to work all the time, then it might be eight o'clock and you're not doing anything. And you're like, fuck, I should go on and do some work. And I I also did that at times. But after all that shit happened, I was like, you know what? It's five o'clock. If I don't have anything due that day, I'm done at five o'clock. And sometimes maybe it's 430, maybe it's four o'clock. Maybe sometimes I'll I'll log on at 7.30. Sometimes I'm logging on at 9.30. I just, I realize that, you know, I you can't be too fucking hard on yourself about that shit because at the end of the day, you're going to get the work done. People are going to be happy about it. And that's going to be that. You right. you stressing that 30 minutes. Now, if I, I don't feel like getting up, I'm going to sleep for another 30 minutes. You you told me that just five minutes ago. like. Mm-hmm. And the, But making those changes and making that decision for yourself makes a lot more difference than we think it does. Yeah. Yeah. There I feel like there's definitely some like peace of mind and like comfort that comes from like working from your own house, but there are also some people like I, I was speaking with Moose about this a, like a few days ago. 
that like they, they have difficulty separating work and like fun. So if if like he refuses, like his company requires him to go to work or work from home in Madison, Wisconsin. So he's in Madison and he refuses to work from home there because he's like, if I work from home, I'm going to be working literally my entire day, every single day. And I was like, why? Just get off. He was like, no, nah, I can't. He was like, I need physical separation between where I work and where I don't work. So I don't know. I feel like for some people, like it could be tough to do every, like to work and live your life from the same place. But at least for me, I think it's, it's helped. Yeah. I mean, everyone has their preference, but whether it's work from home or not, I think the principle still applies. You know what I mean? But, but yeah, I, I do understand what you're saying because Sometimes it is like my room is also now where my desk is. But prior to this point in time, my room was like where I would unwind. And that was my checkout. Yeah. But now it's become all of everything mixed into one. Like I work out here. I get ready here. I do my work here. I watch TV here. I sleep here. Hang mm-hmm. out with friends here. Now it's all done in one. When before it would, each of these things would be done in a separate area. Let's take a break and then get into... Uh, talking about the vaccine and all the implications that come with it and maybe even talk about about a little bit of science. Who knows? All right. So now let's talk about um, the vaccine and uh, all the different types of like COVID tests that you can get at like uh, CVS, CityMD, all these other walk-in places. So um, there are two main types of tests you have covid tests and antibody tests uh so i'm sure everyone has heard of pcr tests they're like the gold standard for detecting sars uh what is 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 it sars cov2 or like what is like the correct way of i have no fucking idea (laughs) all right let's just call it covid19 slash coronavirus this, um, I've heard it called so many different things like at this point. Not so yeah. many different things, but like three or four. Yeah, yeah. All right, so PCR stands for polymerase chain reaction. And uh, PCR tests detect the uh, genetic information of the virus or the RNA. And this is only possible if the virus is currently in your body and is... Uh, and the person or like fuck uh this test only really works if you're carrying the virus and you're actively infected whereas antigen tests which are uh, more well known as rapid tests they detect uh protein fragments specific to the coronavirus uh and again this could be done at like a clinic, a doctor's office, a hospital, a bunch of different places, um, especially more recently. Uh, The turnaround time for these tests is usually around like 15 minutes. I've taken a bunch of them. And uh, the the nice thing about it is that you just, you get a response really quickly and everything. But um, this only works uh, within like, like once you have symptoms, then the, uh, 
uh, rapid test can kind of confirm what you already know. Uh, like if you're asymptomatic or if you think that you just got the virus like a day ago, the rapid test will be negative. But I don't know, all these different like places, they have always have like that disclaimer. It's like, oh, a negative test result doesn't mean that you shouldn't quarantine and all of that. It's like, if you think you've been exposed, you should still quarantine. I guess I want to say I guess, something real quick. Before yeah, go we for get, it. We get too far. I wasn't. I was trying to find the right place to butt in, but I feel like when I was getting the uh, the few times I did get tested with a rapid, it it wasn't ever fifteen minutes. I mean, it was quick, but it was more like forty five minutes or an hour. Oh, really? For me, it was like while I was still at the uh, the clinic, they would tell me, "Oh, things are looking good," or. Yeah, it, it's looking like it's positive. Like the one time I got the positive rapid result. Did you only test positive once or did you get tested again and then still be positive? So the the day that I saw Kyle um, and he tested positive, like I immediately walked in like right after him and took a rapid test and it was negative. And then three days later, I took an, uh, another rapid and it came back negative. So then I took a PCR test. Um, and then two days after that, so now five days after exposure, I took a rapid and it came back positive. Sheesh. Yeah, I remember that came out of the blue because you tested multiple times negative and everyone thought you were fine. Yeah. It didn't I, make sense because you were you felt symptoms. So I was like, this makes no fucking sense. Yeah. And the the, the weird thing is like, before, like during all of this, like when I was still getting negative results, I took the vaccine. So I was like, or the first dose of it. So maybe like the, the, the way you were reacting to the vaccine. Yeah. Yeah. Cause dude, the day that I got the first dose, my arm was like completely shot. Like it was in so much pain and I just felt like shit for the rest of the day. And then I was like, oh, maybe like these are just some like lingering vaccine like side effects. And then I ended up uh, having COVID, which was fun. Well, now you're good for a while. Yeah. Yeah. Where were we? What were you talking about? All right. So I'm going to take a crack at this stuff, but I'm not really well versed in the medical jargon. It wasn't what I studied in college and I really was never good at it in school. Um but I did a little bit of my own research regarding the technology, I guess, if you want to call it, behind the mRNA vaccine. There's COVID-19 mRNA vaccines uh, give instructions to our cells that make a harmless piece of protein, which is called the spike protein. And the spike protein is found on the surface of the virus that causes COVID-19. So basically, uh, the vaccine is going to give them the instruction to make this piece of protein that then allows them to create an internal reaction that causes some immunity. Right. Is that a good way to say it? Yeah, I guess. Yeah. So. Yeah. So, like uh, the, like the premise of a vaccine is that you want your body to start developing the antibodies that it would need to fight, um, yeah. like, to fight the virus. If you, if you were to ever get it. So it's like, Kind of building a shield around your body. Gotcha. Okay. That's a good way to put it. And uh, yeah, so next the cells will just display that piece of protein on its surface and our immune system will recognize 
that it's a foreign protein basically. And then that generates the immune response, making antibodies that would normally happen when you do get COVID-19. Um, basically, yeah, this allows us to fight the infection. I'm not sure how long this means you're immune for or have the 95, 94% protection or depending on the vaccine, but we'll get into that. Um, that's if I'm not sure if you're going to have to get booster shots to keep like ramping up your immune system with, to generate these antibodies. I'm not sure exactly how that works, but yeah, maybe like, like a few years down the line, you'll have to get like a yearly like booster shot or something. Yeah. I guess no one really knows that yet too soon to tell all right cool um all right let's talk about the different vaccines that are like available right now at least in the united states um we have pfizer moderna and johnson and johnson being the three companies with vaccines that you can go out and get as soon as you're eligible um and they've been authorized for emergency use by the fda by the fda so uh, I know there, there's been a lot of like talk about how skeptical that the virus that I'm sorry, that the uh, vaccines were available so quickly. And I think sometimes people just fail to understand that we're in a state of like global emergency. So like if things happen faster than like you're like a random person expects, like they have the smartest people in the world working on something that could save thousands of lives. And then you'll have people that will refuse to take it just because like, nah, nah, it seems like it was made too fast. Like, I don't trust it. It's like, I haven't, <laughs> it's like okay. unquenchable thirst to buy Microsoft products. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm not going to lie ever since I, uh, Ever since I got the first dose, I've been actually checking out some Windows uh, smartphones, and uh, I can I can confirm that they're still trash. And I don't think I, I don't I, I don't even know if they still make them. I remember they made them a few years ago. Nobody bought I them. So. I remember one of my friends had them. It was pretty cool, but yeah, and no, I don't think they they make phones anymore. Yeah, and now at least. That was an abomination. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I didn't like understand why anyone would buy it. Uh, now there's a fourth company called AstraZeneca that's expected to apply for emergency use authorization within the next couple of weeks. Um, and just a little uh, foreshadowing, their vaccine, like in terms of the timing between the doses, it looks like booty hole compared to the other ones. What is it? All right, so for J&J, it's a one-shot vaccine. AstraZeneca is also only 79% effective, and how many doses is still two? Yeah. So right. Who yeah. cares? Like, <laughs> I don't want Yeah, that. exactly. So J&J has a one-shot vaccine. The other three companies require two doses. So Pfizer suggests two doses uh, uh, administered with a three like three weeks apart. Moderna is four weeks apart. Then AstraZeneca suggests four to 12 weeks apart for their two doses. And like initially you might be like, all right, so four to 12 is a pretty huge range. But if you could just get it in like four weeks, then who cares? But in a clinical trial, 
Pfizer says its vaccine was 95% effective in preventing COVID-19 cases with symptoms and 100% effective when it came to preventing severe cases. Moderna cited similar results. I think it was like 94% efficacy. J&J found its vaccine uh, have a 72% effective overall uh like protection and 86% effective in preventing severe disease. And now the most recent U.S. trials show that AstraZeneca's vaccine is 79% effective at preventing symptomatic COVID-19 cases and 100% effective in stopping severe cases and hospitalization. So like you don't really, you don't have a choice when you're signing up to get uh, vaccinated, like you kind of just take whatever's available. Um, I know in Long Island, it was mostly Pfizer. So that that's what I got. And then three weeks. Oh, sorry, I got Moderna. Yeah, no, no problem. I, I'm pretty Yeah, I think I think New York City is mostly Moderna. But I'm pretty sure like the number of J&J uh, doses that have been administered is like, way, way smaller than Pfizer and Moderna, and they only offer J&J in major cities, I think. I, uh, <laughs> the, the point that I wanted to make before was uh, I wanted to let you get to this. 79% effective and 100% in stopping severe cases when there's Pfizer and Moderna that both do that, but they're like almost, they're 15, 16% more effective in preventing you from actually catching it at all yeah and, and, and it's the same amount of time like the point that i'm trying to make is the johnson and johnson yeah it's worse but it's only one dose so that's the trade-off that you get there mm-hmm. but why would you shoot for a fucking shittier version that's going to protect less when we could just focus on doing what we need to to distribute uh pfizer and moderna more i don't know i guess i guess like, they, having... like a cap of fucking uh like, are we, is there a deficit in how many vaccines we can get from Pfizer and Moderna and how many we need right now? I mean, like in any, in any industry, uh, there's always going to be like a, like every, every like production facility has a capacity and yeah, like I'm assuming that Moderna and Pfizer and even J&J are operating at hundred percent. Like, or hundred, yeah. they're at one hundred fifty percent velocity in the sprint. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If not, like extremely close to that. So, like a fourth company, like making another vex, like another alternative, like takes weight off the them. But yeah, of course it's of course it's a good thing that there are more options for vaccines and or not more options that just, there are just more doses available to people. Like it's definitely a positive. It's just like. Like, yeah, you don't get a choice, but I'm just glad that AstraZeneca wasn't the wasn't the vaccine that was offered to me. And like, I don't know, 12, 12 weeks between doses. Like, I don't know. I want to I just want to be fully vaccinated ASAP. I'm fully vaxxed. Yeah, I know. And wait, hold on. You want to talk about your uh, your experience after yeah. the second dose? Uh, Yeah. So. I'll get my first too. I'll get into both. Um, so I took the first one, Moderna. Um, my arm hurt for maybe like, it didn't even hurt. It was like sore for 24 hours. 
and maybe on the second day, like I got it on a Friday at 6 p.m. The next day for four hours, I felt a little bit chilly, like like I had the chills a little bit, but I still mm-hmm. felt fine. Like I was out and doing stuff. Um, so that, that was that. And then fast forward to the second one. I take that also on a Friday at like 8 p.m. I get back to my apartment. I just knock out. Mm-hmm. I wake up. My arm is fucking killing me. <laughs> Yeah, that was it me after the first one. And uh that went away actually pretty quickly. I may maybe just I slept on it weird with the pressure like the feeling of the fucking vaccine, you know what I mean? Yeah. And yeah. uh that that went away. And I never got any other symptoms other than being tired and a little bit of a headache. I really can't complain. Like everyone's talking about how they're getting just killed by the shit. Yeah. And you know, I, I didn't know. Like, yeah. Before I forget, um, I did hear something though, where it's like the stronger the response, like the better that your immune system is actually getting primed. So yeah. The, and I thought because I'm, I'm immunocompromised. So then I was thinking maybe like I didn't actually have that strong of a reaction. So who knows how effective it was either way. It is what it is. But, uh, that is something to consider that I mean, not getting symptoms. It doesn't necessarily mean anything, but it, might not be good either. I, don't know. I mean, it. There are two possible. I mean, there are two possible explanations that I could think of. Either like you're just built different, and like the vaccine isn't gonna affect Mr. John Paul Mary. Never. Or, I mean, the fact like the vaccine takes two weeks for your body to like fully develop the like protection from the vaccine. So for like the next. For the two weeks after your dose, that's your body's just like bussing, making all the antibodies just in case you're exposed, like in the future. So, I don't know. Like after two weeks, even if even if your immune system is like a little compromised, I think you should be okay. I definitely, uh, I, I think I'll be fine. I definitely think it did something. Yeah, I'm not complaining. I'm uh, still gonna wear my mask, but I'm definitely gonna start doing shit. Yeah, it it just like it's just like a peace of mind thing where like you don't have to worry as much. Like, yeah, you should still like take like pretty like uh, cautious measures. Yeah, just like reasonably, just be reasonably cautious. Um, but like, you don't have to like be as concerned as if you have like no protection at all. Yeah, I think my anxiety can uh, subside a little bit now. Yeah, like a fucking deep breath. It was yeah, hot like, there for a minute. Yeah, like everyone, all of a sudden, you turned around in the middle of the winter, and everyone had it, or everyone was getting it, getting exposed yeah. and shit. My anxiety was fucking peak. Yeah, dude, it was fucking <laughs> insane. Uh, yeah. yeah. All right, I think, yeah. or you can wrap it up. Yeah, I think so. All right, guys, we'll uh, segue into the outro. All right, guys, this wraps up our fourth episode. Once again, thank you guys so much for tuning in. We're enjoying putting out the content, something we both like to do. Uh, we hope you feel the same way. Uh, please right. uh, please let us know what topics you want us to discuss in the future. Yeah, and uh, to do that, you could email us at blackboxsubmission at gmail.com or you could also reach out to us on uh, Twitter or Instagram 
at Black Box Podcast. Again, that's B-L-C-K Box Podcast. We'll link our accounts in the show notes. Um, we did try something a little different today where we were a little more scientific. Um, so feel free to let us know if you like that, if you didn't like that. Uh, as always, thanks for listening. Thanks, guys.